Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we jump into conversation with our guests today, we want to thank the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary for sponsoring this episode. New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and Level College desire for women to be theologically grounded servants of Jesus who abide in the Word. Their heart is to help women answer God's call to ministry leadership. If that sounds like you, then today visit prepareher.com. Thank you so much, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Well, welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you join us again today. Today, we're interviewing actually a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Jessica Bearfield. Jessica is an interior designer and the owner of her business, Jessica Bearfield Studio. She has a love for beautiful and practical spaces that comes from years of executing her own interior design dreams, which I love personally. Jess grew up in Pittsburgh and has made stops in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Atlanta before settling in Dallas. Living in so many different houses helped her to appreciate the impact a well-designed home can have on family life. After doing it so many times for herself, Jess now helps other families create a home that reflects who they are and beckons them home after a long day. That is so awesome. She is the wife of a Christian hip-hop artist named Trip Lee, and that's just a wonderful fact. He's incredible, so if you've never heard his music, go do it. But as a wife and mother of three, Jessica understands the importance of balancing style with functionality. She firmly believes that our homes should not be only beautiful, but also serve our needs. And even with kids, it's possible to have both. Ultimately, Jess wants to help you love where you live. Jess, we're so excited to have you. Hey, ladies. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Hey, so (laughs) going back to her husband, Trip Lee, what is, for those of, of us who don't know, just if we want to like Google Triply, what song, what's like the main, what should we Google? What song do we need to hear? Oh, is that well, tough? Yeah. That's unfair because Trip, along with like Blair's husband, Shylin, and my husband, uh, Deuce, the ambassador, they have been doing this for so long. Like I couldn't pick one Triply song and be like, wow. that's the one. Yeah, so his most recent album, which just came out pretty recently, is called The End, and that is actually his yes. album that he's done. So he's been doing this since he was in high school, actually. That's yes. what he time. So wow. it's crazy because we met him when he was in high school. Okay, well, we're going to link to that new album in our show notes so that all of our listeners can be introduced, if they don't already know him, can be introduced to, what would you say, hip-hop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. Some of us just listen to K-Love, okay? <laughs> Amen. And that is a valid genre. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Well, Jess, we're so glad you're here. I can't wait to get to know you more. I know you and Missy go back a long way, but I can't wait to hear more of your heart today. So we're going to ask you some rapid fire questions and you just answer with first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. 
Jess, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, so I wanted to be a singer when I was a kid. That was mostly what, when I think when I was younger, that's, you know, I don't know how like much I thought that would actually happen, but it is what I thought about the most was being a singer. Well, well that's I feel the first like, time we heard that one. Yeah. And I feel like if your husband kind of is in that field, like this could actually happen, Jess. Oh, yeah. No, those. Those those dreams have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not too late, you know. <laughs> I, you know. I have done it a lot in like in church and stuff like that over the years, so it's not like I haven't used that and been able to enjoy that gift. But yeah, nobody's signing me, or that, that's not my future. <laughs> I'm I'm here with you on that. Okay, so what was your first job? So my very first job was a hostess at a um, little Italian spot um, in where I grew up, which is still one of my favorite places to go eat when we come when I go back home. So that was my very first job. I love that. We have, I can see you being a great hostess. We have had several hostesses. Shelby Sobolik, uh, Chelsea Sobolik was a hostess. Um, I feel like there's been some more. So Jess, what kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80? So I feel like that's a tough one. Um, Life has changed for us so much over, you know, the past years that I feel like, what am I even going to be into when I'm 80? I don't know. Um, But I guess I hope that I am healthy and loving the people in my life, you know, whoever, wherever that may be. And I hope that, you know, my hands are open to whatever that season has for me. It's hard to imagine, you know, but it will, Lord willing, come. And uh, yeah, I hope that I am just, yeah, a blessing to the people in my life. I love that answer. I do too. Okay. So we mentioned earlier that you guys have, you've lived in several places. You met Missy in Philadelphia. You lived in different cities. So tell us just about why you moved around. Tell us just a little bit about yourself living in all these different places and just briefly just share how you came to faith in the Lord Jesus. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, That's where I was born and raised. Uh, I grew up in a a Christian home. My parents actually came to faith in premarital counseling that they were forced to take in order to get married at the church that they were going to get married at. Yeah. So, uh, they were, you know, new Christians, really, starting a family. and um, But we were really, really involved um, in our church, which was that church, the church they stayed at, that they got saved at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I heard the gospel a lot, um, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I was a professing believer for as long as I can remember. You know, my mom has it written in her Bible that I accepted Jesus when I was like three or something. But... Oh, remember that. <laughs> so, you know, to be honest, I, I don't have like a specific, you know, moment. Um, but I would say probably end of middle school, early high school is when it felt like, you know, it was not just regurgitating, you know, what I knew that there was actual, you know, change um, in my heart and life. Um So, yeah, I mean, and honestly, that's been something I've been constantly working through um, my faith. But, yeah, that and I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for the home that I grew up in. Um, Very loving parents, very supportive. Um, So, so yeah, I I didn't, 
you know, we stayed in the same kind of 10 mile radius growing up. Um, and my parents, you know, had lived there their whole lives. My grandparents had lived it. The, the, I live in Pittsburgh. It's really outside of Pittsburgh. It's called McKeesport. And, you know, it's people stay there. You know, they, hmm. they don't. I'm sure it's different, more different now because it's just more normal for people to move away. But, you know, when I was growing up, it was like, no, this is, you know, people kind of go to college near and then they come back and start a family and such. So, but it was probably in high school when I started kind of getting interested in traveling. I had done, you know, a couple of like mission trips and I went to Mexico by myself on a mission trip when I was like in 11th grade. And I, I loved it. Like I loved traveling. I loved going to see new places. So I kind of knew that I didn't want to live in Pittsburgh. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So I went to Philly because the school that I went to had a really, really good social work program. And that's ultimately what I ended up um, majoring in. Um, and yeah, I knew I wasn't going to live in Pittsburgh. I had no idea I would be like moving constantly in my <laughs> adult life or at least at this point. Um, but yeah, so went there. Um, Tripp and I met in college. It was his freshman year, my sophomore year. Um, and then we got married the year that I graduated college. Um, we stayed in Philly for about a year and a half. And, to, and then we moved to D.C. so that he could do a pastoral internship there um, and ended up staying there for like four years, which wasn't wasn't really in the plan. But it was a wonderful time for us. We left it there. Um, but we also knew DC wasn't necessarily going to be long term. Um, and so eventually we ended up moving to Atlanta to help plant a church there. Also, the label is based in Atlanta, so that was a big draw as well. Um, we moved, we lived there for a while, and you know, the plan was for that to kind of be long term, that was the hope at least. Um, but my husband has a chronic illness that he's had since uh, since college, almost mm -hmm. since we met. Yeah. Um, and that has really shaped our lives in ways that we kind of never would have expected. And so ultimately, church planning was really, really difficult for um, his illness. It just wasn't a good suit because, as you know, Missy, it is non-stop yes Gosh, it's yes. a lot everybody yes. has to be all hands deck you're wearing yes. all the time it's it's a lot and yes. you know, we ultimately came to the realization that it wasn't it just it wasn't going to be sustainable for him um and so we started looking for other pastoral jobs that would you know be uh be less of a burden, which being on the other side of this is like pastoring is just really <laughs> right. You thought that, but then you're like, oh, there is no pastoral role that's less of a burden. <laughs> yes. right. So that is what we moved here in Dallas initially was for him okay. to come on staff at a bigger church, you know, so he wasn't, yeah. um, yeah, wasn't responsible for, you know, a hundred things. And, um, and so that's why we moved here. Although Tripp is, he is from Dallas. So he oh. you know, grew up like, you know, the, the, the neighborhood over from us, basically, um, and so his mom is here, the oh. church that he was on staff at here was the church that he grew up in, got saved at. So, wow. um, so yeah, that's a very long, 
we've been in a lot of places, moved for a lot of different reasons. But here we are. We are in Dallas and Lord willing, we are here for <laughs> a little while, right? A while, I don't know. I, you know. No, I feel that, Jess. My family's moved around a ton too, so I, I totally feel that. Well, Jess, you, it's funny because I do remember you being a college student studying social work. And I remember um, the years that we were, we spent together and just even the family investment, like you and Tripp dating and then you and Tripp being married and even the role that you played, you and Tripp played in the role for our kids. So I've seen you blossom from these in the over the years. And one of the things that I think is beautiful, I've known that you were creative because we've had those conversations, but I would have never said when I first met you, you know what Jess is going to do? She's going to be an interior designer. (laughs) So please let me know what led you to become interested in interior design and how did you get like to where you are. And I just want to throw this out there. I have been in your home. I have seen the space that you have designed and it is literally incredible. So this is not, you know how some people say, oh, I'm going to be a designer. And you're like, oh, baby girl, you might want to start at the house. (laughs) No, (laughs) Jess has literally made her home not only beautiful, but beautiful and live inable. And I think that that's the unique thing. So tell me, how did you wind up there? Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Well, you know, growing up, my parents were very into, so my dad is a machinist, but he's also very good at woodworking and he like built out our faces and built patios and like, you know, whatever. I remember when I was probably six or seven, I was like, feather painting, dusting my room with like, wow. High school, I painted the ceiling tiles black, which I don't even know what is happening there, but it's kind of a part of our family culture. Of course, I didn't think about it at the time as anything related to, you know, growing up, I I didn't know anybody who like made a living as a creative, like that wasn't even on my radar, you know? so I wouldn't, I didn't think about it at all. Um, I didn't honestly even think of myself as creative for a long time. But, um, you know, once I started getting my own houses and, you know, being an adult and doing that, I, you know, just did the same thing. And because we moved so many times, I got more and more opportunities. And we also, you know, we started renting and then we bought our house, our first house in Atlanta. And then that opened other possibilities because, you know, it's your own space. Right. Now you can do stuff for real. Yeah. And so just years, it was just years and years of building on, you know, just like enjoying that. I loved to do it. I loved to come up with ideas. I loved to paint random things and, you know, just feel like I had the freedom to make my space, you know, what I wanted it to be. And I think, you know, I, I started realizing that I was good at it when people started asking me for help. Wow. So, you know, people would, my honest, actually the most recent job that I finished was with um, a client of mine who was my very first client who paid me to do their house before I was even, I didn't even have, was even ready to start the business or even was sure if I was going to. Um, And so, you know, and my husband, look, he, Missy knows my husband well. He is, 
he's not going to like hype you up with something that he doesn't know 100% of. <laughs> yes. It's like when he tells you, oh no, this is, this is, this is a gift. You know, it's like, I can really take that in because I know he means it 100%. And he was a big part of like pushing me to, awesome. you know, be brave enough to kind of, you know, go in that direction. So, yeah. You know, Jess, I am, um... I have this thing where I love to remake rooms. So I remade my living room, painted it, furniture, the whole nine. And my mom was like, that could be a business. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I can do mine. I can visualize mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people really love to do it, but like, do you want to do that as work? Because working with a client is a whole nother thing. Oh, I bet it is. So you don't yeah. really get do yeah. whatever you want, you know. So yeah, it's um, because I would, you know, I I feel like design is very very mainstream at this point. You know, Definitely. it's like we all have watched the design shows, and and then of course the pandemic is like everybody was at home, and now we gotta you know make sure you know. So it's definitely a thing that a lot of people that I know love and get a lot of joy out of. So that was the question for me was like. Do I just love it for me or do I, you know, want to try to do it for other people, which I found out that I really enjoy doing? Well, a couple of things you said in, um, in that last answer there was that in the beginning, you didn't think of yourself as a creative and you didn't know anyone who made money as a woman or just anyone, I guess, who really did this for like a paying job. And I think that's so huge for women. It's just kind of, we don't, that's one of the reasons, frankly, we're doing this podcast is to introduce women doing work and to ask themselves and ask God like, oh, wow, you know, I don't think of myself as a creative, but oh my goodness, people that come to me for advice or I have these people affirming this gift in me and to really ask God, wait a minute, is this something that you want me to pursue? And so I love that. That's what basically what he did in, in your life. You kind of grew up drinking this this water, didn't even know it was something and then as an adult, it's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm actually stepping into this, you know, by faith. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And so it's really encouraging. Um, and I think I, I want women to ask themselves that and ask God, you know, um, what's next? Okay, so going back to the design aspect of your life, do you have a, I guess what I would call a preferred aesthetic? Is there a certain style or that you love in design and are there like specific designers that you follow, you know, how musicians will be like, Oh, I love this musician. And I kind of, um, what about for you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I can love and appreciate all different kinds of design, of course, but I feel like what naturally comes out of me the most is, I don't know, something that I would call modern cozy. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I definitely lean towards a more minimal aesthetic, um, a more, you know, neutral palette, something clean lines that's modern, but not boring, not sterile, you know, something that feels lived in, um, you know, and purposeful. That's definitely what naturally comes out of me. I love color. And it's a goal of mine to like continue to be more bold in that area. But, um, you know, just kind of like what comes out naturally is more along those lines. Um, and I would say as far as designers, I mean, any and all, but 
one of my favorites is Leanne Ford. Um, she's amazing and I love her style, but I am very attracted to her approach to design. She's very like, mm -hmm. um, unconventional in some ways. She's really fearless. She mm -hmm. is, um, she wrote a book with her brother. They're actually from Pittsburgh, actually. So maybe that's part of it. It's like, <laughs> but, um, she wrote a book with her brother that I, I read a few years ago, which was, you know, hugely helpful when I was starting the business. Um, but, you know, her background is not in interior design either. And I just think that she, um, she just approaches design with such a like joy and, you know, unconventionality, which I think is, is great. Like, I, I feel like she inspires me to like, trust my taste, trust my instincts, you know, try new things. Um, and I love that about her. So I love her. I love Sarah Sher Sherman Samuel, who, um, who does a lot of like, art related things like she'll do some of her own arts and installations. She's had her own furniture lines. And she has um, her work is just really cool and interesting. And yeah, I mean, just to name a few, but um, yeah. No, that's so fun. Leanne Ford was on Lock, Rock the Block. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that show? So that's when I got to actually see her work. Like, you know how you see, she's done shows, but her and her brother, her mind is just so different than the conventional, I just have to make the, the kitchen look like this and I have to make the... I understand that because so we're confident in that, you know, like yes. I love that about her. It's just yes. like, like, you're not supposed to use this material to put this on there, but we're going to do it. You know, I agree with that. There's a yeah. lot of freedom in being able to say I'm in a designer, but like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. So, oh, kitchens need to have this kitchens need to look like this. And this is what sells. But then she goes, I actually just feel like the, taking down all the cabinets off all the walls and doing something different. And then you look at it and go, oh, shoot, kitchens can look like that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Jess, your portfolio on your website and even your Instagram is really beautiful. And when you said modern cozy, I, I, I knew what you meant by that just from looking at your beautiful images. So we definitely want our, our listeners to find your Instagram and website to see your how you, how well you do with it. Yeah. Okay, so we want to just that's a good transition because we want to hear more about Jessica Bearfield Studio. Uh, what services do you offer and do you only serve the local Dallas area? Um, so I offer uh, basically full service design, which is everything from the design process, the sourcing, the purchasing and the Installing. And that could be for like yes. a house or just a room or a bathroom, depending. Um, and then I also do a lot of e-design, which is helpful if you don't live in Dallas. Um, or um, it's a little more customizable. So, you know, if it's more affordable, too. You can kind of like just get the design and then, you know, implement it as you will kind of thing. Um, so, no, I don't just serve um, people in Dallas. I've done mostly Atlanta because we've, we used to live there. Um, I've done a couple jobs in Atlanta. So, um, and I, you know, I would love to travel as my, you know, schedule allows, but, um, but yeah, so. That sounds great. I love the option of the E, E service. I mean, 
to send, do people send you pictures of their rooms and then you give them mm-hmm. ideas? Yeah, Amazing. so they would, would send, well, they would send pictures, but we would also do like a video call and then okay. I would get all the measurements from them. Um, and then based on that, I would do like a floor plan um, and then a purchase list and, you know, basically give them the design details that they need to go and implement um, that. That is really smart. That's great. That's really That's great. smart. Got to get on HGTV. That's what I'm thinking. Who do we know <laughs> if they're missy? <laughs> Maybe Chip and Joanna. They could hire you for their their uh, channel. <laughs> right. Over well, their channel. They're away from me. So, That's, right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Jess, so when you get a client, okay, let's say this is in person, or I guess it could be online. You go in, you, you're taking, you, you see the space. Do these people come to you? Do they typically know what they want or are they really looking to you for design inspiration and advice? And then how do you help them discover, okay, no, this is what I really love and no, I really don't love this. You know, how does that process work? Well, it honestly, it kind of depends on the client because, you know, I think the perception sometimes is that you only hire a designer if you don't know what you're doing or Mm -hmm. you don't know what you want. But, you know, part of hiring a designer is not just their design and their aesthetic, but it's also like the convenience and the ease of somebody else pulling together your space. So I look at people who are like, oh, this is what, you know, they have a beautiful house, but they want to redo this one bathroom and they just don't feel like picking out finishes and you know what I mean? And so they have a good sense of what they want and good style. And they're, you know, hiring me more as, um, you know, they trust my taste and they know that, you know, I can deliver what they want. Um, And then there are other people who, you know, maybe need more help trying to figure that out. Um, Mm -hmm. And for that, I rely heavily on um, visuals and images because sometimes I find that, you know, somebody could say, oh, you know, this, I want mid-century modern. And then when we like look at something, you know, we're not necessarily on the same page. (laughs) So it's, you know, kind of getting to the root of like, what yeah what what they're saying means in real life in terms of like what kind of couch or what kind of those things so it's a process but it's I think it's really fun okay so I got a little follow-up to that okay so I love HGTV it's basically the only channel I watch okay (laughs) and I feel like sometimes the clients on these shows they'll make a last minute change or, you know, they will decide, oh, no, I'd really like to go in this direction. But they're already like in the process, right? And I feel like these these designers, you can see there's like a moment, there's like a, a look on their face. There's like a flash of a of a look where it's like, oh my gosh, this person is driving me crazy. So like, do you ever have to deal with that? How does that work? And how's your faith like playing into those moments? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's a balance of, you know, you hired me for a reason. Um, And so I will honestly tell you what I think if I think that that's a bad idea. But ultimately, it's their home, you know, and if that's what is going to bring them joy in the space, you know, even if it messes up whatever perfect thing I've put together, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, it's, it's their space. It's how you want to live in your space. And 
all I can do is really just share my opinion and share why. You know, I do find that, like, if I'm able to say, like, you know, maybe not do that because over here we have this color and that, you know, may not necessarily jive well with that. I do feel like for the most part, people trust what, you know, what I say. And at this point, I haven't like had any nightmare situations where I'm like, oh, terrible. But again, ultimately, you know, the goal is a beautiful space, but the goal even more than that is that people are loving where they live and you know if that means we got to bring in grandma's chair that you know is kind of a nightmare to figure out how to work in the space you know that's what we got to do because i go and i work on somebody else's space and that's where you live that's where you work and so you have to like it more than me you know it's like more than my approval it's like you have to love how this feels so that's kind of how i approach those situations but yeah i can i see that as well watching this <laughs> well n- not at hgtv but at women in work we um we love to think about displaying this different aspects of god's nature or character through our work and as a creative um in the interior design space what attributes of god nature or or just who he is do you display as you are beautifully making homes and creating um function but function and form at the same time mm-hmm. yeah i mean god is the ultimate designer really right. you know yes. I, all you have to do is step out your door to be just wowed by you know, he cares about the details. That's what a lot of people talk about in design is like details matter. Details matter. I mean, who does that more? You know, it's like right. the scenes and the leaves. They didn't have to mm. be like that. You know, there's these Beautiful. wild, insane sea creatures that we don't even see. You know, it's like, I don't know oh, why right. you put so much detail yeah. and design into this thing that like, I don't even know what it's for. It's just, you know, in the deep that, you know, we, we don't even see. So he clearly cares about beauty and, mm-hmm. you know, and design. And I think as a creative, all we're really doing is, you know, reflecting that in some small way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm very inspired by, you know, nature and just the world. We, I mean, it's just, if you think about it for more than five seconds, you're just wowed at like the environment that the Lord created for us, you know, it's like, it matters. And I mean, he spared no expense, you know? And so, um, I can kind of do that in a very, very small way comparatively. Um, no, I love, I love thinking about that. And, um, yeah, it's just like we're image bearers of him. And here you, you know, he's the designer, ultimate designer. And here you are getting to flesh that out and to serve others too, you know, um, not just for your own glory, but really for, for other people. So if I'm not mistaken, you were in another career, I guess the social work before you started this business, right? So how did you, what was, what was the decision? How'd you get to the point of like, Hey, I'm putting this down and now I'm I'm actually going to start a business serving clients. Like how did that happen? Yeah. So I did, I have, um, 
a social work degree and a biblical studies degree. And that's what I worked in when I, you know, initially graduated from college. Um, and then I started having kids and um, I was home with them for almost nine years. I mean, technically, I'm still home with them. My, I have, We have a baby. Well, I guess he's not a baby anymore. He's like 18 months, but um, he's still mostly home with me. And I am, you know, trying my hardest to. Right. Um, but yeah, I was mostly just dedicated to that for about nine years. Um, and, you know, I changed a lot during that time. Um, a lot of life happened during that time. Um, I really wanted to go back to work. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, my husband has a chronic illness that is ever present for us and has really um, affected our life in a lot of ways. And I knew that if I kind of came to the point where if I was going to go back to work, it needed to be something that energized me. Um, and I've, you know, as you can imagine, even if you've never done social work or any, I mean, it is a very heavy yes. job yes. Um, yes. that, you know, I, I loved, but I feel like a lot of that energy, that social work energy is now has to be poured into my family because we have, you know, a, a illness that we're dealing with um, that really is, you know, can really be heavy for us. And so, um, you know, I started feeling like maybe it would be best to, yeah, to do something that was a little more lighter, um, you know, in the sense of that, um, something that would be more interesting. So I started kind of exploring slowly creative options and, you know, eventually got got to hear, but, um, you know, that's part of that. I mean, that's still very much a heartbeat for mine and who knows, look, who knows what life <laughs> will, will take me or where, you know, what I will time for, but, um, that's part of why I decided to make that pivot. I think that's so wise because ultimately what you did is you step back and you said, okay, what is this season we're in? And, if if a lot of your energy and capacity really needs to go to serving your husband and your your family, I mean, it's really smart, <laughs> wise to say, okay, you're right. Like, I can't have a draining job on top of pouring out this other energy in my home. So I think that's just a great takeaway for our listeners to think, okay, what what's happening now? And then how can... I hate to use the word balance, guys. I hate to use the yeah. word, but, <laughs> but we need, there has to be a counteract to um, to some of the things we face. Yeah, I think that's really wise. I do think it's a sweet privilege, though. And I, that's something I think Jess would acknowledge. Like, that's a privilege to be able to say, mm -hmm. what can I do that's not draining? Because, you know, sure. some spaces it's like, I just, we just need to eat. And so let's make that. I just got to go eat. But if the Lord opens that up where you really can just begin to think, um, about what's next, then yeah. So, but then that makes me, that leads me to another question, Jess. One of the things that you and I have, have in common and is being stay-at-home moms to husbands who have had very like super public lives, like autographs and Grammys and all the other stuff, these public lives where so much of our ourselves is 
taking care of our children and helping them navigate these huge public lives. So then when the moment clicks, oh wait, I can do something that it's like, we can turn this around and like, it's okay to focus on me having a project or me having passions or me having skills and gifts and serving the church and serving the kingdom. What kind of fears and what kind of struggles did you go through as you began to think through that? Because it doesn't mean I stop caring about what you're doing and promoting that, but it does mean I'm a little more divided than I was when it was only about all of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say all of the fears, <laughs> um, literally any fear. <laughs> so we have that in common. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, oh, I could just endlessly name hurdles that it took for me to, you know, get over. And I don't even want to say get over because I don't know that I'm even really, I have decided to move forward in spite of them, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was a big, it, it was, it is a big pivot for our family. Because like you said, Missy, it is, it is a privilege that I was able to stay home that long and that what I am doing is not paying the bills, you know, like our, that our husband is able to provide for me. And even that took me a while to get over that, like, yes. um, because I did feel that really strongly that like, this is a privilege. And so it has to be ministry or it has to be like something that felt more conventional um, in those areas. Ministry has been so much part of our life for all these years. And so, um, you know, it's like, oh, if I'm going to give my time and energy to something, you know, is this what, you know, is this worthy of it or is this just. Right, right. No, I hear that. And so it's, it's, it took a lot of work and conversations. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of my hesitations um, with wondering, like, man, can I start a business with still young children? Can mm-hmm. I start a business with a husband who travels a lot, who has like 17 jobs, basically, um, <laughs> who is in, uh, not well, who is sick? And that is a whole such so can't like, what? What am I doing? This That sounds like insane. You know, mm-hmm. my only job should be just to hold, hold it all together. You know, um, but, you know, it was really him who pushed me to feel like to remind me, like, that you are a whole person and these you know dreams that you have and these passions you have, they are important, you know, just because they're not like paying the bills right now or just because they're like it's a part of you. And so we just have to figure out what it looks like for us as a family for you to pursue that, you know, and it's going to look different and I'm going to have to have different expectations for myself and my business, but that doesn't mean I just throw them away, which is what I thought. I honestly kind of thought for a long time was that I would have to, that like, I have to, yeah, throw those away and, you know, on the altar of everybody else that I have to care for in my life. Um, And thankfully I have a husband who is unbelievably supportive and kind of put, I mean, literally push me off the cliff at sometimes to like, (laughs) well, just, you're speaking life to some women with that. I just, everything you just said, I feel like so many, especially moms 
feel this. I have to lay down my dreams. I have to sacrifice this for the good of my family. And um, maybe maybe there are seasons where you actually do have to do that, you know, um, little baby. I mean, there's just all kind of reasons. But I am so I love to hear the life and joy. Just even you speaking those words, it's just so life giving and energizing that you're you and God made you you with talents and gifts. And you are actually stewarding what he put within you, that creativeness he put in you. And you're you're actually using it. That's one of our big things is leveraging uh, your unique potential for his glory. And you're saying, yeah, I'm going to use all this God-given creativeness in me to serve others and ultimately to reflect him. And so uh, I love that. Love what you just said. So, okay. At the beginning, when you started out, okay. I, I mean, even just creating a website. I mean, I, it's so tempting, isn't it? To look around you already mentioned, you know, these women that you follow and admire their work. It's so tempting to look around and say, okay, they're doing this, they're, she's doing this, and try to figure out, should I be doing that? You know, we really get into the trap. I feel like maybe specifically as women, I don't know if men do this, but really, really, we get worried and start comparing ourselves to other people. So have you dealt with that? How have you avoided that? Talk to us about comparison. Yeah, it is... Well, you know, I certainly can't speak for all women, but I can speak for myself, and it is something that I deal with in any in every area, basically. Um, you know, with starting the business, of course, there is a lot of um, knowledge to be gained in looking around and learning from other designers and other people. Um, so, in that sense, you know, that was really helpful for me to um, to kind of learn from other people. A lot of people have resources. And I learned a lot. I think the tr- where I get into trouble is looking at what that other person has. And instead of saying, like, how can I learn from that? It's like, why don't I have that? <laughs> you know, will I ever get that? Why am I not at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, and that difference between where I am at and where this other, you know, designer or person is at is now a judgment against me. You know, it's Absolutely. not places it's it's now saying something about me that I'm not you know good enough or talented enough or whatever you know um and I think even more so in a creative field that I heard this at like a conference I mean this was years ago I think when we were living in DC and I don't even remember who this woman was that came but she said you know comparison is the thief of joy which I think is oh yes But to be honest, I think it kills a lot of things. Creativity is one of them. I think that um, as a creative person, I am most creative when I am allow uh, when I allow myself to follow my instincts and to kind of let what is coming out of me come out of me, not in comparison to what other people are doing, you know, because I'm me. I can't be anything other than me. And so you know, but also and in a creative outlet, that is what makes what I do different than other people. It's just me. It's just my own, you know, thought. And so it's like, I have to lean into that. I can't try to be Leanne Ford. I can't try to be whoever. And I think that can apply to anything, but specifically, you know, I, when I can find myself kind of being in a creative slump, it is, you know, sometimes partly due to that feeling of feeling like, oh man, I'm not at this level. I, 
I didn't do this. I don't have this opportunity or whatever I'm comparing myself to. And so it's just, it's incredibly unhelpful. You know, it just, it doesn't serve us in any way, shape or form. I don't think, um, to, to get stuck in that cycle of, you know, comparing it, whether that's in motherhood or, you know, business, it's just, it can be really damaging. Jess, do you have a um, particular area that you've had to work, like wrestle free from in comparison? I remember being in the world we were all in and everyone was so educated or working on education that I really felt less than no one ever said those words to me ever, ever. But I always felt less than because I wasn't doing the same thing. And the Lord had to really fight. It was a long, a lot of years of wrestling at that, with that. Um, do you have an area that you're like, I compared so much and the Lord finally had to just like slap my hand and get it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hand is continuing to get slapped. I will say that. <laughs> There's really endless, you know, areas that I feel like that could be the case. I mean, I, I agree where, like, you know, we've, I've been in, my well, so my husband is, um, you know, well accomplished. And, you know, he has done a lot of really incredible things. Um, gone in a lot of really incredible places and that can be difficult at times you know being the one that's kind of behind you know the scenes for sure Um, and just even our journey through I guess church in the Christian world you know we've rubbed shoulders with a lot of you know been around like yes of the cross there is a real thing but you know what I mean like and um yeah, and that can really, you know, mess with me and feel like, oh man, I'm not to this level. And I, I really, I think in one of the main areas would be parenting. I think, mm. you know, look, I, I wish that I, I wish that I would have uh, skipped the parenting in the social media, you know. Yes. I I think that like sometimes when I think about parenting, I think like this is wild. This is like the most unbelievable thing that like we're thinking. <laughs> what, who decided that we should do this, right? <laughs> like I'm just like a very I was just a very driven person and I, you know, I I like the idea of like you do this, you do this, and this happens, you know. Exactly. And that's right. like it's just like the stakes are the highest possible. It's like here you're it is a human who could affect the world in a million different ways. Yes. <laughs> and then like your ability to like affect the outcome is just like okay, so I'm just just doing my best here and who knows what's happening. you know, it just can feel really overwhelming. And then when you add that to now I know how everybody that I know parents and everybody that I don't know parents, you know, it's, right. it's over. It can't get overwhelming, you know, I think. So I just think across the board it is an area that I try to be vigilant, vigilant, sorry, vigilant about mm-hmm. but is just unhelpful. It's just unhelpful. Right. It's just like, here's what the Lord's showing me today with these children. I've got to be faithful and walk in it and just ultimately trust him. I mean, he has a plan for their lives. So, okay. Well, and, we- and on the back end, let me just say this on the back end, I, my kids are grown and moved out. Girl, you have no control. Zero. 
you know, we think we do at the, on the back end, girl. Lord, if you don't keep them, they cannot be kept because I am not wow. capable of yeah. handling all these humans' lives for real. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Well, we've talked about these different aspects of your life, wife, mom, business mom, um, business owner, excuse me. So it's really easy to pit these these different roles against one another and say, okay, being a wife is the most important, Being having the mom. But all of these things are, are part of you as Jess Bearfield. And so how do you keep it all in perspective? Um, I don't know if this question makes sense, but how, they're all important parts of you. So just yeah. tell us about the journey of figuring that out and um, being okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to get to that point. Um, I am like, I love to serve the people in my life. Um, and I think that's a great quality, but I think that, uh, what, what can happen is that like, I am serving and never doing anything about my myself mm -hmm. and assuming that like my well is just like un you so know <laughs> never, never ending yeah. yeah it's just like I can always say yes and I can always do this and I can always do that it's just and I honestly got to the point where um I, I think for a long time I I was able with all of my might to to sustain that to a certain point but you know what we found out that we were um pregnant with our surprise number three right before the pandemic um like two weeks before the whole world shut down and i think that that season was really like life-changing for me um because i finally got to the point where I could not, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it all together myself. Like mm, I couldn't yep. care for the kids the way that I wanted to. I was, you know, struggling emotionally and mentally and I was pregnant and the world, I mean, just the world was falling apart sure. every day mm -hmm. in every way. And I had to ask for help more than I ever have in my life. Good. Yes. Um, and you know what I, I learned that, in, you know, and I always knew this mentally, but I think in a very real way, you know, my value does not come from what I can give to other people. You know, like, I think I struggle with the idea that, like, if I can't, if I can't meet that need, if I can't say yes, if I, you know, that that how yes. somehow is a reflection on, you know, my value. And, and I just, you know, it's like, oh, people still love me, even though I had to be like, hey, can you help me with that? Or, you know, hey, can you do that? My kids still love me, even though, you know, right. they watch way more TV than they ever have in their lives. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I just realized that, um, yeah, that I was really fighting really hard to do all of the things um, to kind of keep up that, you know, and I don't know where I learned that from or what, you know, but I, uh, 
I just realized that, you know, I'm also a person, you know, I, ha- yeah. I have all these people in my family to care for and there are people and I have to sacrifice and love them. But I'm also a person who has limits, who can't, I can't do all of it. And so, and I'm not going to really be able to do any of those things very well if I just completely ignore you know, right. Self. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that like self-care is a whole, you know, that's, that's a buzzword, which, you know, when anything becomes a buzzword, then it's like, what is this anymore? But, right. but I do really feel like I learned that, that I felt like um, I could show up better for the people in my life if I was more honest with my needs, with what I needed, with the support that I needed. Um, And ultimately that led to, you know, being like, I love being creative and I love doing stuff and it fuels me and it energizes me. And this is a part of me. And, you know, I want to try to pursue it. And, And I think that led me to, you know, have the... If I didn't go through that, I don't know that I would have had the boldness to feel like, you know, I can, that my stuff is important enough to like, be like, okay, let's try to figure this out. You know, we don't know how it's going to look, but let's just try. Let's just try and figure it out. I think that is so important. Everything you just said, I feel so many women feel that. And I'm so, so grateful to hear you say, come out on the other side and say it was important enough. I. I mean, it's not selfish to say I have needs and they need to be met. That's just human. That's just being human. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's wild that I think as women particularly that that feels taboo. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Right. Or to say help. Help. I can't do I it just, all. Right. Jess, I also think what was really, what is really beautiful is that you are able to be honest with the fact that I had to go through a season where I really, this was a journey. I didn't just go from cute housewife to cute mom to cute business owner. Like there was some dark, hurtful, ugly journey. Like there was all of that in there. And yet on the other side, the Lord has even used so much of that, the parts that we would never want to tell or never acknowledge, but God used them to help you be even a better designer now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny, like in life when you realize, because, you know, I spent a lot of time as a stay at home mom, like just wishing and wanting to do something else, anything else. Right. You're not supposed to say that I was thinking of doing something else instead of only looking at these children all day. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and, you know, I don't think that I, like this is hard. Like running a business is hard because like there's the creative part, but then there's also like the business and the this and that and that is like I don't even know. That's like right. where my brain, you know, the work. So I don't think I could have done yeah, I needed to grow. Like I needed that that the Lord mm-hmm. knew when I needed this. You know, and it wasn't then. It wasn't in those times when I was kind of pining for something different. I think, you know, I can see at this point, I can feel like I can see the journey and the reason why, you know, here I am, you know, maybe longer than I thought it would be pursuing something of myself, but grateful for the timing and Mm -hmm. the person I am now as opposed to. 
Yeah. You know, that. It's really good. Well, I can't believe that we have to actually get ready to close because I feel like we could chat with you for another three hours and like, and it would not get stale. Like this has been really good. So as we close, um, what is one piece of advice that you would leave with women who want to honor God through their unique vocation, vocational calling? Um, Yeah. Something that you would say, run hard after this. Yeah. I mean, I think I spent a lot of time, um, really worried about that kind of thing of like, what is my calling? What should I be doing? You know, I, uh, I, I spent a lot of time stressing out about that, you know, at different points mm. of my life, you know, in college, I felt like maybe I had a more clear idea of what that was, but then my life really turned in ways that I wouldn't have expected. And I've spent so many years feeling like, what am I doing? Why, what, you know, what is it? What does that mean to have a calling? And then also seeing other people who feel like so confident in that, you know what I mean? Like, I know God called me to do X, Y, and Z. And he told me, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's just like, yes. I don't, he's not telling me, I don't know what he's telling so me. Intimidating, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I expected for a long time to get to that point where I would I felt like this is it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, and I know that does happen for people, but it it didn't happen for me. And I, and I think ultimately what I did was move in a direction and see what happens, you oh, know, that's great. Yeah. And being that's willing great to kind of do that with open hands and being willing to see like, you know, and I've seen the Lord really, you know, bless what I'm doing. and. I think, I don't know. I just think we can sometimes um, over obsess over getting to like the perfect, you know, perfect place or doing the perfect thing. And I think if there's anything that I've learned in these short 35 years of my life is that we don't know what's coming. You know what I mean? Like I would love to be a designer in 20 years and, you know, but I, I just don't know what, life is going to be. And, you know, I think we can spend a lot of time trying to get to a perfect formula when, you know, really maybe we should just kind of make small steps in a, in a, in a direction. Um, you know, especially if you're like me where you, you don't feel like you're hearing super specifically about, you know, what you're doing. Like I'm, I'm married and I have kids. So ultimately, I am a wife and a mother, and that is, the, you know, that is the calling, and that's clear. You know, I know sure. that is, you know, what I should be doing. But in, you know, as far as work goes for me, it, it was, a, you know, a journey trying to, you know, get to a place like this. And even when I started, I, it's not like I was feeling unbelievably confident or something I just kind of was more worried not to try than Mm -hmm. to try and maybe it not work out the way that I wanted it to and you know I'm I'll just continue to pursue it this way as long as it feels like you know the Lord is blessing it in our family so sounds like you're saying live open-handed give it a shot See if this is what the Lord is leading because you've tried it and expect life to not go as you expect. 
Right. But that's the Lord's process, right? He, the Lord has a process. Lord has a we process. don't know. He doesn't tell us every day exactly. what's supposed to happen next, but we know he has only good for us. Jess, this has been good for us. Oh, it's <laughs> been good for us. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad. I Yes, Missy has known me my entire adult life. So I love that. I love that. I love what y'all are doing, and I'm, I was just excited to be part of it. I appreciate it. We love all that you're doing and we can't wait for our listeners to check out your website and your page and honestly, just even be inspired by some of the designs you've created. Um, And just, I don't know. I just smile. I see those beautiful pictures and it makes me happy just to look at them. So thank you so much for coming on. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.com. Net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation there. And while you're there, we'd be honored for you to partner with us financially. If this podcast or really any of the content Women in Work produces has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you. Women in Work is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all your donations are fully tax deductible. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss another one, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love for you to take a minute to rate and review our show so that more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time.